Amen. Amen. What's up, Everlast? How are we doing tonight? Yes. So good to see everybody. Amen. Well, if you're new here, my name's Kev. I get to, by God's grace, be the, uh, the young adult pastor here. And, um, you know, it's, it's, our, it's our goal here at Everlast to encounter Jesus, to grow in Jesus, and to make Jesus known. And let me also say, if I, if I haven't personally met you, please come find me afterwards. We'd love to meet you. And that also goes for my wife, my lovely wife, Tina. She's our young adult coordinator, and as well as our leaders and our volunteers. We would love to meet you. Um, tonight you find us in the third week of our current series, The Desert. And it's crazy, just to give a, a handful of examples. Moses spent 40 years in the desert. 40 years. I'm 35 years old. That's sad in and of itself. I'm like, 40, that's, I'm not 35. I'm not as long as I've been alive. But 40, that's a long time. Um, thank you for giving me that, p- that pity laugh. I appreciate that. Um, Elijah lived in the desert. Pretty crazy. Uh, John the Baptist spent most of his adult life in the desert. And uh, Paul spent three years in the Arabian desert. And, you know, so, so as we've been just studying through the word, we've come to believe that God has something to say to us when it comes to the desert. And uh, with that being said, tonight we're going to uh, be talking about um, being tempted in the desert. Tempted in the desert. The only place I know to go Everlast. Um, you know, on how to, you know, how, how, to find out how to deal with temptation is to the one who conquered it every single time. And that's Jesus. Listen, before we even really begin, let me tell you all right here and right now that it's not God's will that you and I live our lives falling into temptation. Um, it's his will that we live the kind of life um, that has a defense, a plan, um, that when we are attacked by the devil, we know what to do next. And that's what this message tonight is all about, all right? Can someone say, I'm ready? All right. Say it louder. Are you all ready? All right, there you go. So if you please grab your Bibles and uh, turn with me to Matthew chapter 4. We're going to be in verses 1 through 11. Matthew chapter 4, verses 1 through 11. And as you're turning there, let me just say, I want us to together uh, to learn from this experience. I want us to learn from this experience that Jesus had in order to protect ourselves from falling. Notice I didn't just say to protect ourselves from being tempted, but to protect ourselves from falling when temptation does hit us. And before we continue, I just would love to, uh, I know uh, Brother Wes just prayed. I want to pray again. And by the way, can we give it up for Wesley and Sarah and Savannah and Jeremy and Israel? Thank you so much for leading us in worship. Gosh, so great. We're so blessed, you guys. We really are. Let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you, Lord, for who you are. We're so grateful, Lord, for you are holy. There's no one like you. There's no one like you. We thank you for your grace towards us, God. and Thank you for what you're doing here at Everlast, our young adult ministry, and as our, church, our church as a whole here at Calvary Worship Center. Thank you so much. I pray, Lord, that as we continue in worship through your word, that you would speak to us, that you would open our minds, and that we would understand what you're thinking about. And you would, I also pray that you would open our hearts, that we, would, we could 
like feel what you care about. I pray that we could, all of us, be changed as a result of these few moments together tonight. And Lord, I'm just asking that you would help us to be attentive, that we would listen well to your word, and help us to find true freedom in you tonight, and that we would surrender our thoughts and our affections to you. Lord, I'm, uh, I just pray these things in Jesus' name. And I tell you what, y'all, just pray this simple prayer. I encourage you to do this. Pray this. God, speak to me tonight. And now I'd just encourage you to pray that on your, uh, for the person on your left and right. Say, God, would you speak to them tonight? And lastly, I just would kindly ask that you please pray for me. Um, that God would use me to um, help things, yeah, for things to, to be helpful and, and clear for you. Well, Father, we are here and we are listening. Please move. We want to hear from you, the living God. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, let's hop right in, all right? Matthew chapter 4, all right? Verses 1 through 11. I didn't do my little Bible ribbon thing, so I have to turn there myself. Here we go. Matthew 4, all right, 1 through 11. Here we go. And I'll tell you what, I actually, I want to start with um, the first word, the first word of these uh, 11 verses. Then, right? First word, chap chapter 4, verse 1. It says, then. Well, what's then? If you read back in your Bible, right, um, to find out what happened before this, and, you know, you find out something pretty awesome. <laughs> Jesus was baptized. So, actually, if you could just, you know, scroll up, if you're on your screen, <laughs> or scroll your eyes up, uh, to chapter 3. Let's start uh, at verse 14. Chapter 3, verse 14, and I'm going to read through 17. John would have prevented him saying, I need... To be baptized by you. And do you come to me? But Jesus answered him, Let it be so now, for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he consented. And then Jesus was baptized. Immediately he went up from the water, and behold, the heavens were opened to him. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and coming to rest on him. Verse 17, and behold, a voice from heaven said, this is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. You might be asking, what, well, what does this have to do with temptation? Well, looking back at that specific word, everlasting then, um, that means that what we're about to read happened right after this. Is that important? It's extremely important. I'll tell you, I'll tell you here in a moment. And so let's just keep reading, all right? We're going to read all of, uh, 11 verses, chapter 4, verses 1 through 11. Then Jesus, then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And after fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. And the tempter came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, 
Command these stones to become loaves of bread. But he, Jesus, answered, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that comes from the mouth of God. Verse 5, then the devil took him to the holy city and set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down. For it is written, he will command his angels concerning you, and on their hands they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against the stone. Verse 7, Jesus said to him, Again, it is written, You shall not put the Lord your God to the test. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain, and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to him, all these I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. Verse 10, then Jesus said to him, be gone, Satan. For it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and him only shall you serve. Then the devil left him and behold, angels came and were ministering to him. Hallelujah. Amen. Now let's define briefly what a temptation is, what temptation is. If you're taking notes, write this down. I think it's on the screen for you. Cool. Temptation can be defined as an enticement to get a person to act contrary to and disobey God's will. Temptation, an enticement to get a person to act contrary to and disobey God's will. Y'all, this is exactly what Satan is doing with Jesus. The devil asked Jesus repeatedly. He, what did he ask him? If you are the son of God, knowing that he was, tempting him in that fashion, trying to get Jesus to disobey God. Temptations, y'all, come in many different forms. Honestly, we could spend our entire time tonight talking about the different forms, and we wouldn't barely scratch the surface. But let me say this. Can I just say this? First of all, anyone who does not have a relationship with Jesus Christ cannot even be aware of the jeopardy that they're in. This is because, listen, an unconverted person cannot perceive spiritual reality. Moreover, they have a limited ability to receive truth. Think of it like a radio without an antenna. You know, there's no reception. No reception is possible. This is why non-Christians can read the Bible and see none of the revelation that believers find. Until they give their lives to Jesus and the Spirit of God, the Spirit of God is installed, there's no reception. <laughs> Have you trusted Jesus to be your Lord and Savior tonight? Is that you? You'll have a chance to do so tonight if you haven't. So who is the tempter? It's another good question. Easy answer, the devil, right? Unfortunately, though, um, while we can easily answer that question, Hollywood and our current culture and society um, have had way too much influence on us. 
Um, Jesus gives us, y'all, the correct picture of the devil and summarize his dark and sick goals. In John chapter 10, verse 10, Jesus said, The thief comes only, only to steal and kill and destroy. I came, Jesus said, that they may have life and have it abundantly. Like, isn't that such, it's such a sweet thing to read? Amen? Y'all, it is pointless uh, to try to, on our own, understand the warped mind of the devil. So, we, y'all, we must stay so close to Scripture. For our, for our information, and, and, and uh, you know, and honestly, our information about the devil's power and his plans. So much of what Christians tend to believe about Satan, y'all, is rooted in fiction and legend and in fantasy. Like, they've just epitomized him to like, a, you know, a red dude with a pointy tail and a pitchfork. And that's, that's just so false. Movies and myths have created a false persona for this wicked and fallen angel. Y'all need to know this tonight, though. Listen close, okay? Listen to me. The devil is not to be minimized, but he is also not to be feared. The devil's not to be minimized, but he's also not to be feared. Something you also need to know, okay? You need to know this in your bones. The devil is not God. He is not God. The devil doesn't know your thoughts. Sometimes we operate that way. You need to hear that tonight. Only God knows your thoughts. Psalm 139 says he knows our, God knows our thoughts from afar. The devil doesn't know your thoughts. We can't put the devil in God's place. Amen? Y'all tracking with me? End of the day, we are not to fear the devil, but rather be aware of the devil. Okay? There's freedom in knowing that. 2 Corinthians, let's go to the word, 2 Corinthians chapter 2.11 says, So that we would not be outwitted by Satan, for you are not ignorant of his designs. It is God and God alone who is to be feared everlast. Psalm 33 verse 8, I love this psalm. I love the whole psalm, but this specific verse. Let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of him. Another psalm, Psalm 34, verse 9. Oh, fear the Lord, you his saints. That's us who believe in Christ, right? For those who fear him have no lack. A well-informed, well-armed, God-fearing Christian soldier can advance daily into battle, fully confident of success against temptation because Jesus is our victory. So, listen, knowing the tempter is in fact the devil, let's define him this way. The tempter can be defined as this. It's on the screen, I think. An intelligent being that is completely evil and is directly involved in perpetuating evil in the lives of individuals as well as the whole world. That's our enemy. So back to our text in Matthew 4, we see right after God blessed Jesus, um, he led him into the desert. 
this seems kind of odd. When I was reading, I was like, really? Seems kind of like, I don't know, doesn't seem too fair if you ask me, right? You get baptized, you get blessed, and then you go to the desert. Um, Why couldn't have Jesus had some time to enjoy the experience? Well, he did enjoy. It's not that he did not enjoy. He did enjoy. Jesus was baptized, and then a voice from heaven, that is God the Father, affirmed Jesus by saying in Matthew 3, 17, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. What a beautiful statement to hear from your Father. Amen? So God gave Jesus this awesome experience to introduce him to his ministry. Jesus comes on scene, John uh, baptizes him, and this is the beginning of Jesus' awesome ministry. Talk about a moment to begin with. But just because the very next moment of Jesus' life was a dry desert doesn't mean that God wasn't involved or that God was cruel. No. Let me say this. God doesn't do anything without a purpose. God doesn't do anything without a purpose. God doesn't react or respond. He has a purpose. And although we see later that the devil intends to thwart God's plan and purposes, the Father uses the devil's evil intentions for the good purpose of strengthening Jesus in his role. God is on the throne. We just sang it. God is, I love what Pastor Al says, our pastor here, he he says it. God is large and he is in charge. As we keep reading, we see that he, Jesus, was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. The Greek for, uh, for tempted here is uh, uh, perazo, uh, can also mean test. While God clearly, everlasting, God clearly never tempts anyone to do evil, he does use circumstances to test a person's character. I like to put it this way, the devil tempts us to bring out the worst, but God tests us to bring out the best. I think that's on the screen for you too. The the devil tempts us to bring out the worst, but God tests us to bring out the best. Let's go to another moment in scripture. I think it's on the screen for you. James chapter 1 verses 12 through 15. Um, If not, you can turn there real quick. James chapter 1 verses 12 through 15. Check it out. It says this, Blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial, for when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life, which God has promised to those who love him. Verse 13, Let no one say when he is tempted, I'm being tempted by God, for God cannot be tempted with evil, and he himself tempts no one. Verse 14, But each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desire. Then desire, when it has conceived, gives birth to sin, and sin, when it's fully grown, brings forth death. Why in the world would God allow the devil to tempt his own son? Well, probably... There's, yeah, there's more than one reason, but I, I would say one, one of the primary reasons is that God allows testing and trials in our life uh, to prepare us. He allows testing and trials in our life to prepare us. To prepare us oftentimes, check it out, for greater testing and greater trials. How many of y'all experience a trial only to right down the road have a greater trial? <laughs> Right? So God's, there's, there's purpose in that, y'all. There's purpose. 
So what Jesus is experiencing here is that the Father is now getting him ready to face the reality of his awesome ministry. Y'all, he's preparing Jesus. He's preparing him. Now, it's interesting. Check this, check this out as we're going to dive in a little bit specific and deeper. It's interesting when the devil shows up. He doesn't just, y'all, he doesn't just show up any time. By the way, what's, what he's about to do to Jesus, he does in your life and mine too. In this case, he shows up at the point in those 40 days that Jesus would be physically the weakest. Jesus fasted, y'all, for 40 days. Do y'all know, know any, do y'all know, do y'all, like, um, when some people say, what, like, they're a morning person, do y'all ever hear that? Yeah? When people say that they're a morning person or they're, or they're, they're not a morning person. Um, my wife is not a morning person. I'm a morning person. Or I can be a morning person. Um, you know, uh, meaning that if they don't get X amount of sleep, they may be a grumpy bear, you know. That may happen. Not all the time, but it may happen. With my wife, it may happen. Um, some of you are weirdos like me, though, and are, bo- and are both a morning songbird and also a night owl. Um, meaning you tend to stay up late and get up early, and it doesn't necessarily affect your attitude. Again, don't trust me. Like, for every time... My wife isn't a morning person, and I am, but when I am not a morning person, ooh, I make it count. <laughs> I'm the grumpiest of all grumpy bears. Uh, was, y'all remember the Care Bears? Was there a grumpy bear? No, I don't know. But I, I, I'd make it count. I'd be that bear. So uh, y'all can Google it later. So tell your neighbor real quick. Real quick, just tell him if you're a morning person or not. Tell him. <laughs> Everlast, check it out. What, well, like, honestly, whatever you are, whatever you are, check it out. If you add to it not eating for 40 days, guess what? I don't care what you are, your attitude will, I guarantee it, be one of the grumps. I don't care if you're a morning person or not. If you haven't ate for 40 days, right? I don't know about you, but I've never intentionally not ate for 40 days in order to hear from God. I haven't, I, the longest I think I've ever like purposely fasted, I think it was 48 hours, but boy, oh boy, in that moment, I, 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 I was hungry. And rather, the term is hangry. You know, it's like, I was hangry. And my attitude was affected. The devil shows up right at this point. In those 40 days that Jesus would be physically the weakest. Therefore, the most vulnerable to Satan's point of view. Check it out. If you're weak, you're vulnerable. And if you're vulnerable, you're more prone to be disobedient. If you're weak, you're vulnerable. And if you're vulnerable, you're more prone to be disobedient. Um, As we're studying in this passage, do you know what also we see? I wonder if you caught this or not. Jesus literally just spent some amazing, great quality time with God. Can you imagine the conversation between them? I, I was studying, I was like, man, this would have been, I, I imagine it was, just, it was just awesome. I know that I've had awesome conversations with God. And after I do, y'all, I'm on a, uh, on a real joy-filled high. 
I, I, I truly, I can't tell you how many times after, you know, I used to tour with my old band, and, and we led worship at various events over the weekend, and, and, and then we would come home to lead worship at our home church, and then we would go afterwards to our small group and have a powerful of prayer and discussion, and, and then to meet up with a close friend even after that small group just to share all that the Lord is doing in my life, and then, then I would drive home just so stoked for what God just did over the weekend, and I'm, yeah, just talking to him on the, all the way home, only to be hit hard by temptation. Why do you think this is? I don't, know, I don't know if any of that resonates with any of you or if you can testify to that, but, but I, I think that there's a, there's a reason behind this. We, we see it happen with Jesus too, right? The thing is, when, you, when you're high up, it can be a long fall. When you're high up, it can be a long fall. I say it can because it doesn't have to be. End of the day, you always have a choice to sin or not. Y'all need to know that tonight. You always have a choice to sin or not. The question is, when you're tempted, what choice will you make? Author Jerry Bridges, this isn't on the screen. He wrote a great book called Trusting God. I don't think it was in this book, but Jerry Bridges wrote in one book. He said, uh, he said this, it's not on the screen, so just listen close. Jerry Bridges said, our reliance on the Spirit is not intended to foster an attitude of, I can do it, but one of, I can do it through him who strengthens me. The Christian should never complain of want of ability and power. Listen, he says this, if we sin, it is because we choose to sin, not because we lack the ability to say no to temptation. David Platt, another awesome pastor and author, he says this. I think this is on the screen for you. We do not always choose our temptations, but we do choose our reactions to those temptations. Check it out. When someone talks with you badly about someone else, and they're not there to hear it, those people that are being talked about, what choice will you make? Give in to the temptation to, to, to participate in gossip or not? When someone close to you or someone you work with sins, do you focus on their sin or yours? What choice will you make? Give in to the temptation to your self-righteous pride thinking yourself as better than or not? This next one isn't just for the fellas. It's both for guys and girls. But when you're at work or at the gym or, or at a store or wherever, and someone walks by wearing tight clothing and something that is revealing, what choice will you make? Give in to temptation to lust or not? Listen, the next example is not lost on me, and it's definitely not lost on God. When you have attraction towards the same gender, what choice will you make? Will you give in to the, to the temptation to actually pursue a relationship or, or not? Like I said earlier, y'all, there's too many temptations to count. But what choice will you make? Give in to temptation or not? You have a choice. Let me share with you some awesome news, though. <laughs> it doesn't just, it's, you're, not just, you're not just left there. You're not just left there. Some awesome news when it comes to temptation. God helps us in making this choice to give in or not. 1 Corinthians 10.13 is on the screen. Check it out. 
Don't just aimlessly read this. Let the Spirit of God use this in your heart right now, Everlast. No temptation has overcome you except such as common to man. But God is faithful. Who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. But with the temptation will also make the way of escape that you may be able to bear it. That's our God. Everlast, it's important to know that temptation is not a sin. Y'all need to know that tonight. As we're talking about temptation, temptation in and of itself is not a sin. So when does sin, when does sin take place? Well, I would say this. Sin takes place when we have decided and acted in thought or deed to disobey God. Sin ultimately stems from the external. I'm sorry, sorry. Sin ultimately stems not from the external, but rather the internal. John Owen says this, Temptations and occasions put nothing into a man, but only draw out what was in him before. John Owen is simply reiterating what Jesus said himself in Matthew 15, 19, For out of the heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, Sexual immorality, theft, false witness, slander. Going back to our text tonight, we see the devil coming to Jesus at what he thinks is the most opportune time to get him to fall. Go back to your word. It's not going to be on the screen, but you can go to your Bibles. I'm going to be at it's Matthew 4, verse 3. It says, and the tempter came and said to him, if you are the son of God. By the way, notice the devil didn't say since you are the son of God. But he said, if you are the son of God, always trying to deceive. If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. Basically telling Jesus, if you are the Son of God, why don't you just go ahead and use your divine supernatural power to turn these stones to bread. You see, he wasn't simply trying to get Jesus to use his power, but to rather misuse it. Y'all, I love, I love Jesus' answer. I love all his answers, but this immediate answer, he's, why? Well, y'all need to hear this. Jesus didn't just sit and have a debate with the devil. No, he straight up lays it down flat. No argument here. Verse 4, but he, Jesus, answered, it is written. Watch this carefully. Man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that comes from the mouth of God. Did y'all catch it? When it came to temptation everlast, Jesus already had a plan. Already had a plan. And that plan was to arm himself then to defend himself and fight with the word of God. Again, he didn't, y'all, he did not argue with the devil. Even if he did, he would have won. <laughs> but he, he didn't argue with the devil. He let the word of God do the talking. Powerful stuff, which is important to know. Y'all, if, if Jesus didn't argue with the devil, that means we, everlast, don't argue with the devil. You don't, don't do that. We don't do that. If we argue with the devil, we will lose every time. Jesus is exemplifying and showing us, not just then, but right here, y'all, right now, 2023, how to fight temptation. You let the word of God do the talking. Which leads me to my first of three main points. We're going to breeze through them. I'll share tonight when it comes to fighting temptation. We just said it, fighting temptation with the word of God. 
Again, we hear these things, especially if you've been churched a long time. But don't, please don't have the, the attitude or anything like that. I'm not saying that you are, but just hear me when I say we're so prone to be like, oh, yeah, I know it. Don't, no, 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 no. Receive the word tonight. Hallelujah. Jesus fought against the first temptation that the devil brought with the word of God. Jesus, by the, by the way, Jesus specifically responds to each temptation by actually quoting from Deuteronomy. Linking his experience to Israel's in the desert. In Deuteronomy, um, it was chapter 8, verse 2, Moses reminds the Israelites of God's testing uh, through hunger and his miraculous provision of manna. So cool. Jesus very simply said, I'm not going to misuse my power to satisfy my hunger. Verse 5, let's go back to uh, our text. Uh, Matthew chapter 4, verse 5. Then the devil took him to the holy city and set him on a pinnacle of the temple, which, by the way, this is like 450 feet up above the valley floor. Really high. Verse 6. And again said to him, if you are the son of God, pause. Listen closely. If you think, <laughs> if you think Satan is going to hit you one time and then just forget, think again. Think again. This is the son of God he's tempting, all right? Jesus defeated his temptation one time, and then Satan comes right back for another. Came back for another round. What is, what is, so what does that show us? Everlasting, what does that show us? Y'all, we have to think well. What does this show us? The devil is consistent, so we have to be persistent. The devil is consistent, but we, so, we, so we have to be persistent. And that is exactly what Jesus shows us moving forward. Persistency. Reading verse 6 again, and again, said to him, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down. And then, by the way, the devil quotes this scripture. Think about, y'all, can y'all think about how subtle that is? And not, not only did he tempt Jesus to do something wrong, but he quoted a scripture to try to back it up with. Which shows, y'all, we not only need to know the word, but we need to really know the word and live it out. By the way, also, can y'all know this? Can we please just know this tonight together? Scripture wasn't written to fit in or please our narrative. No, it, it doesn't work that way. The word of God is to show the redemptive narrative of Christ. The devil said, for it is written, he will command his angels concerning you. And on their hands, they will bear you up unless you strike your foot against a stone. Again, Jesus didn't argue. Jesus responds, but this time responds in a way that calls his bluff. <laughs> Love it. Jesus said, all right. You try and distort scripture to fit your narrative, I'll hit you with, with another one. Jesus said to him, again, it is written, you shall not put the Lord God to, to the test. Everlast, just knowing John 3.16 isn't enough. It isn't enough. It's important that we know our weapon of, well, of, of warfare, the word of God. Just like a soldier would know his weapon for battle. Again, when, we, when tempted, don't argue, fight with the word of God, all right? Second point if you're taking notes, fight temptation with worship and prayer. Fight temptation with worship and prayer. Again, something that it's like, yeah, of course, Kev, know it. No, 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 no. Listen, back to our text, it says, verse 8, again, the devil, again, the devil took him to a, a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to him, all these I will give to you if you fall down and worship me. 
Here we see another tactic of the devil helping us to become more aware. What is his tactic this time? To keep, wor- to keep Jesus from worshiping God. Yet again, we see Jesus defend himself by quoting scripture. Then Jesus said to him, Be gone, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. Then the devil left him, and behold, angels came and were ministering to him. Um, y'all, we have to know this. The devil promises life but gives death. I can tell you, how, I, I can't tell you how many times I was in, back in my past, I was enticed to look at porn. I cannot tell you how many times as a young man I was enticed to look at porn and all of its manifestations. The lullaby of its promises always sang a pretty song until I would eventually choose to sing along with it. So what do we do? Well, we sing a better song. We sing a better song that drowns out the noise. This is why we pray and worship. This is why we gather weekly at Calvary Worship Center here at Everlast. We sing out a song of praise that stampedes all over the false lyrics that the devil sings to us. We remind ourselves of God's goodness through singing. Colossians 3.16 says, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. When it comes to temptation, y'all, if, if, when it comes to fighting temptation, I would say if worship is the, is the left jab, I would say prayer then is the right cross. Christian author Paul E. Bilheimer said it best when he said, Satan does not care how many people read about prayer if only he can keep them from praying. Truth is, if we say, listen, Everlast, if we say yes to temptation, We're just making it harder to say no the next time. And prayer is the exact thing that helps us to say no to temptation. Y'all, we have to pray constantly for God's enabling grace to say no to temptation, of choosing um, to take all practical steps to avoid known areas of temptation and to flee from those that surprise us. Honestly, listen, there is no point there's no, there's no point in praying for victory over temptation if we're not willing to make a commitment to say no to it. That's just straight up, street level truth. There's no point in praying for victory over temptation if we're not willing to make a commitment to say no to it. Which leads me to my final point when it comes to fighting temptation. Fight temptation with discipline. With discipline. I feel like our generation and the one below us are are struggling with a lack of discipline. And it's crazy, that can come across as like an old geezer, but that's not not the heart behind it at all. There's beauty in discipline. (laughs) There's so many examples of discipline throughout the word of God, let alone we can, I'm sure all testify, the the, the benefactors of of discipline. Um, Don't you see the discipline that Jesus had though? In this passage that we've read? If not, y'all, it's vital that you do. Not only was Jesus disciplined and fa- check it out, he actually fasted for 40 days and seeking his father's heart. Jesus was disciplined in, in, in how he fought. Someone once said the pain of discipline is better than the pain of regret. And I would honestly agree with that. Listen, the devil will interrupt you and try to interrupt you often with the goal of derailing your discipline. 
So if we aren't disciplined, the more we get distracted, and the more we get distracted, the more we get interrupted. One of the main interruptions, I would say, like what, would you, what is one of the main interruptions that the devil uses? Well, I would say it's our past. One of the main interruptions the devil uses in our lives is our past. He wants us to not progress or progress in our faith. He wants to not, he wants us not to progress or grow at all. A specific way that he wants, listen, I need y'all to listen close to this. A specific way he wants us to think about regret is this. He wants us to think about it often. And not only to think about regret, but to stay in regret. And that's not God's will for us, y'all. It's not. Do we have sorrow over our past sins? Absolutely. There is such a thing as godly grief. But guilt, on the other hand, is synonymous with regret. And God doesn't want us stuck on or stuck in that. Jesus paid it all. Y'all need to hear, some of y'all need to hear that tonight. We also have to be disciplined in knowing that, listen, y'all, not punishing ourselves for sin that Jesus already paid for, for debts that God has already canceled. That's one of the tactics of the enemy, wanting us to get in that rut and just continue to punish ourselves. Like that, that's a thing that we do that is not God's will for us. Colossians chapter 2, verses 13 through 14. Check it out. So powerful, so freaking awesome. And you, who were dead in your trespasses and this uncircumcision of your flesh, God made alive together with him, having forgiven us all our trespasses by canceling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands. This he set aside, nailing it to the cross. By the way, <laughs> I would say that there's way more interruptions when it comes to the devil. For time's sake, we can't talk through all of them, but um, even just what we just shared, it just proves the fact, y'all, we have to stay rooted. We have to stay rooted in the word, in prayer, and in worship. A couple of other quick thoughts before we end tonight. Temptation, y'all, is meant to trap us. Uh, literally a bait and hook. James chapter 1 verse 14 says, but each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desire. In the Greek, enticed is uh, deliazo, which means to bait. Uh, like a good fisherman or fisherwoman, if you like to fish, Satan knows what will lure us in. And he baits his hook accordingly. I love how Sam Storms puts it when he said this. He said, temptation is often strong because it comes in the form of an enticement to satisfy legitimate needs through illegitimate means. I want to read that again. Temptation is often strong because it comes in the form of an enticement to satisfy legitimate needs through illegitimate means. <laughs> Everlast the devil Always overpromises and underdelivers. Always. I know all of you right now, if I can get your eyeballs, I know every single one of us, every single one of us can attest to that. The moment where you are enticed to sin and you sink your teeth into that sin, thinking it's going to be a good thing. And it may be a good thing for a moment because sin is pleasurable. That's just the truth. But God 
is more satisfying and more faithful than we are sinful. And our God promises and delivers. Every time. And by the way, a way that we can fight, a way that we can know all that we've talked about this, hey, hey, is fight together through community. I came up with kind of a cheesy acronym, and I hope you like it. It's on the screen. But when I thought of the word fight, I thought fight intentionally going hard together. Cheesy, but true. Fight intentionally going hard together. Y'all, community is powerful. God gives us his bride. That is us, the church, to help hold each other accountable, pray with, worship with, and fight with. I'm the byproduct of a lot of awesome men in my life, let alone now being married uh, uh, to my wife. And also other sisters in the Lord that have prayed for me. But like commu- the beauty of community, it's, a, it's awesome, man. It's, there's nothing like it. Plug in. It's a way that we fight against temptation. Everlast, remember, we can't forget that it was in the wilderness and in the desert that Jesus was tempted, right? This, is, this as a whole shows us that the schemes of the enemy is to try and lure us when we are in a desolate, dry, and weary place. Knowing this gives us more than a leg up, y'all. It gives us ammunition. May we be a young adult ministry, Everlast, that fights temptation well through the word of God, through prayer, through worship, as well as in community together, knowing that God will help us and will always give an escape. Amen?